All right, buddy. We are back on this Friday edition of the Leadership Blend with your host, Ricardo Rice, and my correspondent, Simone Sheree, Kyle Andrew, and our uh, new intern, Solo Dolo. Oh, good God. Okay, so you can <laughs> definitely start over. All right, so it's the second hour, so we're going to switch to our guest. So we're going to learn more today uh, about the field of life coaching, because I am not going to lie. People say it all the time, but I really, at this point, do not understand exactly what it does. Um, and now that one of my good friends is in it, I know if anybody can explain it, she can explain it. Yes. So take it away. Wow. Hey, everybody. I'm AJ Austin, Master Life Coach Trainer here in Atlanta. Um, I've been a coach for about six and a half years. I've been training three and a half. And that's the number one question we get when people have Googled and YouTubed <laughs> and found books on Amazon. <laughs> and they, <laughs> they call our number. Uh, for the Fast Coach Training Office, that's who I'm partnered with here in Atlanta as one of their lead trainers. And they say, AJ, what is life coaching? I mean, people have been telling me I give good advice, and my friends come to me because they know I'll pray with them and tell them what they should do. Well, that's not life coaching. <laughs> that's being a girlfriend. <laughs> life coaching is not about giving advice. It's about learning, being trained and certified on how to ask the right questions. And so that's what coaching is, asking you questions, because you really have all of your answers within you. Like, you know what type of life you want to live. You know what goals you want to accomplish. Usually you just need somebody to believe with you, because most of us don't have someone we can just pick up the phone and call and vent all of our business or life troubles to, and they actually care to help us get a result. So life coaches are there to help coach you through the result you say you want to get from where you are to where you want to be. So wait, what's the difference between a life coach and a psychiatrist or a psychologist? Degrees, money, <laughs> you can lose those <laughs> license, uh, training time, shall I continue, the debt. Didn't we just finish talking about the, that? <laughs> Sally May ain't nowhere in life coaching. Okay? Oh, okay. <laughs> Lucky y'all, because that chick, she's not playing. Oh my goodness. She's so it's a big difference. I mean, you still have to know what you're doing. That's why we encourage people to get certified. There are a lot of big names that are telling people don't get certified. Just uh, find someone that coaches and copy them, copy and paste their model. Um, make, your, make your name big in the brand and influencer world, and you don't have to get certified. I 100% disagree with that. As someone who has been properly trained and certified as a coach, a degree in training and development, I know how important it is to sit under someone who knows a little bit more about an industry than you do, and read their books, watch their videos, you know, Google them, find out what you can about them, and learn from them because we don't know it all. So, can you discuss why this was your chosen field? Oh, that's a good question. I'm talk glad I got to sit Yeah, let's talk. So, <laughs> <laughs> I actually did start out at Clark Atlanta University here really? in Atlanta, Georgia. I did. I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't graduate, but I started. <laughs> did you uh, get there? Wait, when you, when you stopped, where were you? I was in my second year. I thought we talked about the debt rate. I had a full ride scholarship. You know, get a refund check. Still took out student loans. Still got for what? Because Gap oh. to go shopping at the Gap. Me oh and my roommate. My <laughs> yeah, and to just live life. Um, and when I was at Clark, I was a psychology major. Um, I started out as pre med, but then I would look out on the quad and see the Greeks stepping and barbecuing and the friends out having fun. I'm like. I don't think I'm supposed to be in a chemistry lab right now. I think I'm supposed to be outside. I'm a people oh, person. Grief. So I switched <laughs> mid-second year. You know how that goes. Facts. And uh, I was in the honors program, so that makes it twice as hard. They're like, if we're going to keep paying this 26000 a year, you, you need to, you know, maintain a certain GPA. Yeah. So uh, I was a TA as well, so I'm proud to say it. Um, <laughs> so we had to keep certain grades, and then I transferred out. 
by the time I got to graduate, it was through Mercer University, class of 2016, and I was actually a training and development major because it was still dealing with people. And by then, I was already a certified life coach as well because, again, I still wanted to help people. I realized it wasn't just in psychology or just as a pre-med major. I wanted to be a pediatrician, neonatology to be exact, helping the babies. How when do you they're bypass all the big, <coughs> big titles to, to to get to life? Because it's still just as important. It's still about helping people. And my mom, on one of her sick beds, she had double pneumonia once as I was a pre-med major at Clark. And when I walked in those uh, hospital doors and I said, she's not breathing, I'm going to lose it. And she said, Andrea, you don't even like blood or snot. You need to change your <laughs> major. Yeah, that might call the problem. Yeah, and then I did an internship at my high school, and they, we had to test babies when they were born. Do they have all ten toes, all ten fingers? And I realized some of these babies are not going to be born what we consider normal. And I'm going to mm. cry harder than the mama. So mm. I probably do need to change my mind. So that's how I went from doctor to now almost doctor level in this psych, in this uh, <laughs> life coaching industry still using the same principles of being a doctor, being a psychologist, which is working with people and helping them change their current state, getting from one place to the next. So the degree that you got from Mercer, what does it say? It says Bachelor's of Applied Science in Human Resources with a concentration of training and development. Huh. That's an interesting thing. Uh, And here's a little tidbit. When you get degrees, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to use them the way that people think you should use them. Because I would have never thought about that for what you do, but it does go hand in hand with what you do. But I would have never thought of it. I would thought you worked in HR and, and you know did something as a trainer or something. Or yeah, whatever. I didn't either. My advisor actually convinced me. She said, AJ, you already teach people. You already train because you travel and you speak as a coach. You already work with women, helping them build their own business. And you already do this. Just get a degree in it. I said, you sound like my mom. Because that was her dying wish. Just finish school. She didn't care what I finished with. Oh, Just finish school and get our, your education. Those of us that are older, that's our parents' running line. Right. They don't care Just about. Just do something. What is it? Have something to show for it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they don't care about anything else. Just like finish what you start. Yes. Or, you know, yeah, that was the So that was her degree. And now Liberty University has an online program where you actually can get a master's in life coaching. And so I'm enrolled in that because I'm just a nerd. I love learning. Mm-hmm. Okay, what does that even look like? Okay. I just What does that it. even look like? What is in the curriculum uh-huh. for a degree like that? It's different. Uh, it's about 10 classes of different types of coaching. You can be like financial coaching and relationship coaching. So I've already selected my classes. And I know who I like to coach already. I like people who are ready to change where they are. They've looked at their bank accounts. They're sitting in a cubicle somewhere, probably okay. sneaking and watching Facebook Live or listening to us now like, dang, how'd she get to do this in the middle of the day? Those people that call and say, here's my credit card. When's your next class? Let me sign up. And they come. They learn. I also talk about writing books, which I know we'll get into soon. And they hear my story of how my mom died the same day that my divorce became final. So in that moment, I had a decision to make, what am I going to do? How am I going to show up in the world and have something to show for it? And so I had to make a decision. And now I use what I know and help other people leverage what they know and write books and speak and start their own coaching companies and just go for it. Okay, so actually on that note, because I've never heard your story. Mm-hmm. So we get to hear today. Okay. So tell us your story. <laughs> so that's what it is that led me to, uh, I was not graduated yet. My mom died at 47 years old. She was an entrepreneur 13 years, so I knew what it was to start a business from the ground up. I didn't realize it was in my blood because my mom, my dad, and both of my grandparents, uh, grandfathers, had their own companies and owned, like, gas stations and things like that in the Douglasville and West Georgia area. So 
I would find myself like the women I like to work with, sitting in a cubicle, daydreaming, doodling, trying to sneak and go online and see how to start your own business. And 2008, April 14th, uh, I got a call as I left divorce court um, from a five-year marriage. I got a call while I was on the elevator that my mom had just passed away. And so in that moment, I literally stood in the road downtown Decatur, Georgia, staring up at the sky like, God, what do you want me to do? And I went home, had to clean out our house. Now, that's something when you have to wrap up someone else's life, Mm -hmm. clean out the house, handle half a million dollars in medical expenses, and show up on behalf of someone you love, but things you didn't know about. Like we talked about the older people getting scammed. My mom didn't get scammed, but you have to look at the bank account, see where the money has been going. You know, someone had stolen her credit card, a family member. We're not saying names. Stolen her credit card, swiping it at Walmart. I'm like, she's literally laying in the hospital on her deathbed and swiping at Walmart, swiping at Racetrack, swiping at the ATM. How is she spending this money and she's not here? So then I had to file a claim for $10,000 that had been sold. All of that brought me to here, building a legacy, making sure that women are establishing themselves to where they're just not leaving their kids out there to figure it out. But they've set a standard for this is how you run your life, this is how you run a business, and this is how you build a legacy. So all of that, plus writing books about what I've learned, just being in business for myself. Because that same day my mom passed and the same day the divorce was final, I was scheduled to be in the NBC studios on television. I had waited a year for that opportunity. And one of my ignorant friends, the same one who told me about life coaching, get this, this is the ironic part. She called me and she said, well, ain't she going to be dead after the TV? And I can't, I got to make a decision. Do I go sit on camera and smile like everything is okay? Because my friend said she'll still be dead after the interview. Or do I go home? Because now my phone is blowing up. I'm the eldest and the only girl of three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So my middle brother is serving two life sentences in prison right now. My baby brother was 18 years old at the time, five kids. Jeez, so 18? 18. He just learned what to do. You know, and he was out of town. So I just gave him, you know, the news over the phone. He said, stop playing. And I'm like, now I know I play a lot. I love to smile and laugh, but this is serious. And so he took it the hardest. And my brother who's in prison, it's been 20 years, 20 plus years he's been there. He didn't get to say goodbye. So then I had to have those conversations with my family and my brothers. Like, they – see my mother in me and I'm like but I'm not her I'm your sister and mm. I'm your cousin and I'm your niece don't put what y'all put on my mama onto me I don't receive that at all <laughs> Oprah, that wow. Oprah's words to Ayala. that work? yeah if you if I t- and so I had to travel to Statesboro Georgia sit in a prison where they strip you know search you like you did something bring $20 of quarters in a, in a little plastic ziplock bag so my brother could get some vending from the vending machine I felt like a prisoner, but I had to go have what we call the come to Jesus talk with my okay, brother. Okay, I have an heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> I have an heartbeat. I told him right here, look, you get yeah. one or two come to Jesus moments where we decide, for the interns, and that's where it. we decide what you're doing. Yep. And after them come to Jesus moments, I'm done with it. You got one time. And I ain't driving three hours to do this. And then I get there, and you in trouble in the hold. So oh. I got to wait another hour for them to come get Well, they could put so, you in there for anything. Right. But he probably won't. <laughs> I can't speak on behalf of my brother. <laughs> I just told him this was it. Mama's gone. You a man. We got a little brother and five nieces and nephews. We got to get this together. And ever since our relationship has been better. So that's a little bit of my story. Well, I, I, I have a question it. about this just because, like, Ricardo, you kind of alluded to um, how many times you hear someone refer to themselves as a life coach. And one of the questions I've had is like, so what you've been through, I, I would validate that and receive that. And I would, I would desire to have a life coach with that kind of – I would want to know the story. But when someone – like what if someone's had no – 
shouldn't tragedy be a prerequisite or does, no. would it be like what like i don't know like if someone told me that they they've gone through three rounds of chemo or they've you know they were a refugee in the middle of nowhere and now they own a couple like those sorts of things are aspirate but if someone has had no real yeah. if a breakup was the hardest thing they'd ever been like i would have a hard time well, with the life coach but i guess that's the question from what you're saying does you living life Mm-mm. constitute make you a life coach yeah no? make you a life no, coach. that's a good question but it's a two-part question so the second most frequently asked questions we get is do i have to have my life together before i become a life coach mm. and the, the answer is no you also don't technically have to have lived life to be a life coach you can get trained as early as 16 years old really yes if you look at uh, marie forleo's story she's a, one of the well-known influencers on youtube she's also a life coach she was 21 and so life coaching isn't about I've been through something, now let me teach you. That's why I say it's not giving advice. It's not giving your opinion. It's not telling people what they should do because you can't do that. I can't put what I've been through on your story because we don't have the same story. But if you ask my opinion, I have to know how to turn it in the form of a question to help you come up with your own answer. Because if I tell you what you should do based on my experience and it don't work for you, guess who you're going to be mad at when it don't work? Thanks. So life coaching is about asking questions and the fact that, I tell my story and I teach storytelling and I write books that does bring people closer because they can resonate. Like no matter who I tell my story to, someone is going to see just the inkling of someone they know, usually the person they see in the mirror every morning, and they're going to resonate with my story. And that brings them to want to know more about how to coach with me. So, so, so people tell you their frustrations, and then you ask them a question about what they want out of life. No, they tell their counselors their frustrations. <laughs> they tell me their goals. Okay, okay, okay. Just so answer, yeah. the main difference between the, the counseling and the therapy and the clinicians and psychologists, psychiatrists, they deal with the past. How did that make you feel? Like I have a counselor. I'm like, if you ask me how I feel one more time, <laughs> I'm going to quit you. But she's a coach too, so I, she works. But uh, counseling deals with the past. Coaching deals with the present and the future. So counseling is, why do you think you did this? Or what, you know, what did your mom do to you to make you, I'm not laughing at the industry, it's just, <laughs> they go backwards. Coaching says, Ricardo, what's your goal? I know you want to be a doctor soon. Let's talk about what you're doing today, and let's set some milestones and check in a week from the day to see where you are with those milestones. I give you homework, and I take you from wanting to be a doctor mm. to getting that degree in that set amount of time. So you're almost like an accountability partner. Absolutely. I'm ah. the accountability partner. Yes. And now I see why you may want to have both. Because Absolutely. you may have the goals that yes. you have, but then it's yes. like, okay, but well, why are you scared of blood? Oh, I, I saw a body. Oh, why, <laughs> how'd you see a body? Oh, I grew up in a project. I could totally see that. Yeah, I see why you would want to have both. Perfect example. We had a lady from Ohio. She came to our life coach training here in Atlanta. It's only one day, so we only get eight hours to, for y'all to hear my story, learn me, fall in love with my personality, and everyone does. But <laughs> of course. she wanted to write a book, and she found out I used to, in my former life, like two months ago, help me write that book. I changed. I'm, I'm fully committed to being a life coach trainer. And I've been doing that for three and a half years now. And so I get to see the different personalities. And her personality was, AJ has written, I am at 12 books now. And she's like, okay, she can help me write my book. So we go, as an example on the board, showing how a coach can help you achieve those goals of becoming an author. And we get to a part of her story where she's dealing with those issues that require a counselor. She says, I want to write this book and I want to tell this story, but what will my family think? I can't help you with that, but a counselor can. And I was so glad that when she told me her story, I was facing the board and writing because she said, my story is I shot and killed my ex-husband. Right, that jump right there. Uh, well, now, I had a class of people. Too. I had a class of people who was watching my reaction, so I have to set the example. Mm. Right. But in my spirit, I said, Jesus, you have to help me through this because I'm 
never had this before. Wow. I've trained over 100 coaches here in Atlanta from all over the world. They fly in and they do this one-day training with us. But that was my first time hearing that. She had already served. Uh, she didn't go to jail, but she had already served her time in the courtrooms and, you know, all the legal part. But oh, she, she was clear. Still, okay, she was clear. clear. I'm like, man, I, I did have to ask. I mean, I presume the innocence first. She said ex-husband. What was he doing? Cause, yeah, because she's married. That's my first thought. No, we didn't that. go that far. That's my first thought. That's counseling. Okay. That's counseling. Okay. So because, but because she couldn't tell that part, because supposedly she was a minister, so supposedly she had been delivered. Of course. And, and freed of all that. But you can't get past the part of, I'm ready to tell this story regardless of what people think so that my coach can help me move forward. So we had to stop mid-session to say, you know what, you need counseling around why you feel like you're not ready to tell this story. Even though you, you paid your debt to society in the legal system, you, you were freed and cleared, but you, now you're worried about your family and what they think if you write this book. You don't even have a book out, but you're wondering. So you're stuck in your head. So you can have a coach and a counselor. It is recommended. Um, because some things we're not qualified to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to watch people stay in their energy and right. be able to bring them back. And most coaches are not licensed. So an- another question I have is then what about lost people? What about people who don't know what they want? Is that somebody that you cannot then help if they're just like, oh. Now, when you say lost, I'm thinking mentally ill, maybe like lost oh. in are you? Just purpose, purposeless. Yeah, well, we can definitely help you find your purpose. We have this activity we do called the Purpose Finder. Anyone can do it. It's actually free online if y'all want a copy of it. I'll send it to you because it works. And we help you get down to that. Have y'all read, like, The Purpose Driven Life or that book, One Month to Live? Basically, if you had a month to live or just a few short years to get out everything you wanted to do before you died, what would you do? So we help you write that. (laughs) That Excel right there. But still, death in life happens in different stages. I told you my mom was 47 years old. Um, But, yeah, we help you find your purpose based on that activity. And then that helps keep you in line with, not switching jobs so many times, not really wanting to know, knowing what you want to do. So, yeah, we'll help you find your purpose and get clear on that. But if you're lost, you probably need to go to a counselor. If it's like a mental thing where you feel like, I just can't get it together, mm-hmm. then you're probably not ready for a counselor. Well, nobody's ever said that to me, but I meet a lot of people and think that, like, low key, <laughs> like, you lost. <laughs> you should say, have you ever considered life coaching? I probably Or did. having a life coach? I probably did. <laughs> All right, so I want to wrap this because I want to get into book writing because you spent a lot of time in that, and I know people definitely want to hear that. So to end that, if somebody felt like they need – okay, two questions. Mm -hmm. What would constitute somebody to actually seek out a life coach, and what should they look for in a proper life coach? Oh, that's good. Um, First, you have to know what life coaching is. Facts. You know, so a lot of friends of friends call the office, and my friend told me that I should – they want to be a life coach, but we also encourage – uh, through fast coach training, our motto is that a coach needs a coach. So as a coach, you're going to go out and look for a coach. And what you look for is someone like you. So, Like she said, you know, my story made her say, you know what, I would want my coach to have some experience, some life, or been through certain things. So I have a friend who, who told me about the life coaching company that I'm with now, which is fast coach training. Um, she was getting certified before I was. She did survive two rounds of chemo and beat cancer twice, and so now she's a breast cancer survivor coach, you know. And so, but you, you can't coach someone through that if you've not been through that. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had people like I used to work with girls and moms as a business coach. I've taught workshops for a minute, helping girls and moms have better relationships with themselves and each other. And then when my company did well here, like I literally have my company's name tattooed on my arm. What? Yes, because I was in love, honey, until I met these mama bears <laughs> that I was about to jack their kid up. And I'm like, you just take her and go on. But we did very well as a company here in Atlanta. So I would get calls from Florida and D.C., you know, like, can we borrow the Journey Girl name? 
Um, and instead, I decided to help women uh, start their own businesses. And so I forgot why I started telling y'all that story. But uh, <laughs> because, because uh, so the, the two part question. Yeah, which was uh, what would when, bring how to seek out yeah. a, a life coach and, and what, what they look for yeah. in a life I coach. I still can't remember why I started, but <laughs> I said all that because at the end of the day, you want a coach who matches what you need. Like that's the type of coach I hire. If I need hi, um, help with marketing, help with storytelling, help with writing a book, help with goal setting, or making your first hundred thousand or your first million, I look for coaches who have done that. So I know we talked about that at your nonprofit conference, where it's important to find a model. You know, someone who's been successful in the area that you're looking for coaching around. You don't copy them. You let them inspire you. You find out what books they've written, what videos they've recorded, um, and how you can find them online and connect with them and get in some of their programs. Because uh, coaching these days is becoming more of a group mastermind community activity versus like a one-on-one. Because, gotcha. you know, it's limited time in a day. Sure. All right. So let's flip the script and get into the books. Because uh-huh. uh, that was that was your thing for the longest. Because that's how I knew you. I knew you from the book thing. Then all of a sudden I saw, and I mean it wasn't all of a sudden for me anyway. Then I saw the master. I was like, oh, she's doing life coaching. Cool. Well, I've been doing it. I know, but you were doing the book things more because you were, that's how I met you through um, Pixie. Yeah, so Pixie was one of our life coaches as well that came through the training. Oh, really? And got certified. And she was one that followed me around at the training at the end saying, AJ, I want to write a book. And so that's how I got more into that because in the classes I would find myself coaching our coaches through book writing. So one lady, would, she came in as a, the, a beach body coach, but she really wanted to write a book. And so one of our activities, we walked her through how to write her first book. And 30 days later, I had her on the Amazon bestseller list. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, you came along late. I'd already written mine, and you came along with me. Yeah, so and that was like the end of my career. Right when I met you, I was wrapping this thing up. Why does that always oh, happen man. to me? Well, at least we met like, y'all. Every time I, I come, people want to end stuff that I can that benefit happens. from. Yeah. Well, that y'all are happen. so selfish. Like, I don't, <laughs> well, thank you. I don't understand. Hey, that's a compliment. I just value my skills and my time more than convincing somebody to write a book. I got t- Y'all get on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> I got tired of that. I'm like, either you ready or you not. I could Let's go. you doing it. I was like, I don't even know how uh, you did that. Poor Jesus. All right, so, but we're going to get into that. Uh-huh. So, everybody feels like they want to write a book, especially now. And, and now that uh, self-publishing is no longer the <coughs> underdog of writing books, not literally anybody can do it. What constitutes somebody to really tell their story through a book? Like, what should, there should be something that distinguishes why you should write a book? Well, in my former life, which was about two months ago, <laughs> <laughs> which was about two months ago, I would have said, uh, you have to go from a want to it being a must. Tony uh, Robbins talked about that. Everybody want to write a book. Mm-hmm. Everybody want to be rich, but who's willing to put the time and the work in to make it happen? And so my job as your book coach is not to convince you to write your story, or you get mad when you see Tyler Perry do a new movie, and you're like, that's my story. Well, you didn't write the book, so you exactly. can't be mad. Exactly. <laughs> so you got to go from wanting to do it to be willing to sit down with a coach, map out a plan, stick to it, like Pixie did. Pixie was one of my hardest-working book-writing students. Like, she did it, and then she said, okay, now what, AJ? What's next? Those are the type of people who write books. So what should be, is there a self-created schedule that you should use to write a book? Because I'm not going to lie, when I wrote mine, it was kind of like, everybody kept asking me for stuff when I would talk about generational leadership. Mm -hmm. Everybody would keep asking me about stuff. I was like, you know what, now that I have a radio show and a TV show, I need a product. So I just took took the generational leadership part out of my dissertation, made it user-friendly, and then created the book. But that's not everybody's 
story. Right. So how would you go about properly writing a book? How did you use the Catholic Book? I eventually, right before I quit and walked out. Which was about two months. Which was about two months. Six, give me 60 days. Let's see if okay. it sounds better. What is it? Okay, oh. 60 days ago. <laughs> I, create, I actually was reading a book from a lady who is what we call an indie publisher, someone who you know, helps you get that story out and get your printing done and that cover done. Uh, and she, I read a book about sponsorship. And I remember taking notes on the content, but then I also noticed how the book was laid out. And I said, this is a really good model. And only I can read a book and see how it was written. And so I took notes, and that became an outline. And I know for sure she starts at about $5,000 to help you write your book, which is really low in the industry. I mean, unless she's going to put it at the top of a New York bestseller list. No, that's low. That's about 20000 for something like that. But nobody can guarantee you any right. list. For $5,000, you better be. I don't have $5,000 laying around. Well, $5,000, I guess you just help you get that book out and into my hands. So I read this book, <laughs> and I noticed how it was laid out, and I just took notes, and that's what I would give my clients. So um, start up at Google and find a book outline. I professionally designed that outline based on what I saw in this book. She didn't say, this is how you write a book. I just saw how the chapters were laid out and the specifics of how your topic applies to you and why people should care. Because, see, that's a mistake a lot of people who write books make. They write it based on what they have been through. Or, I've been through this. I was a teenage mom, so let me tell you what not to do. Don't do this. And and they start fussing Mm -hmm. at people. Nobody wants to be lectured. But if you can tell me how you went through something, you came out, and how I can apply it to my life successfully by reading your book, then that's, you know, more likely to get on a a bestseller list. Glory. This is—I don't mean to, Jennifer Lewis, um, mm-hmm. incredible woman. Her book reads so much like that, mm-hmm. except that because she's still in the process, a lot of her lessons, a lot of her stories don't have lessons. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times it's just her going through, and I yeah, messed with him, yeah. and I messed with him, and I caught this, and then I was like, I'm done with it. But then three chapters later, somebody else that she didn't mm-hmm. do the same. It's just weird. But and anyway, like, I understand. I'm just like, what, where's the moral? Where's the, see, that, that where's leads the to moral bad story. reviews on Amazon. People are like, it didn't have a point. Save your money. Why did I read this? And so that's what you will hear. There's a book coach. Her name is Andrea Loria. And I'm telling you her name because if you think 5000 is something, Sister Girl charges 14000 a person, and you're going to work in a group of about 14 other people. Then you got to travel to her castle in Virginia. Okay. So I'm bringing her up because she also offers an outline, and she's, she is big on consider your reader. Regardless of how long it takes you to write this book, you have to write with your reader in mind. And so even as I was writing my last book, uh, it was book number 12, but it's called Messaging Magic, I followed Andrea's um, outline, and I love how she made you consider how would your reader need to hear this information? How can you spell this out in your book without going around the world? Make a point. What is the lesson? What should your reader get from this? And a lot of people, if you don't have help writing your book, you don't know to write like that. Okay. I'm thinking about when you say consider the reader. So yeah. That means you need to identify your target audience. Like who you Yeah, but that's book. boring when you say it like that. Uh, okay, well, you I say it consider the reader. We're talking about books. But, yeah, target audience is more for when you sell the book. Because, see, I write books for women entrepreneurs, but my biggest supporters have been men. Really? Yeah, but they're not my target audience, but women are my readers. So it's two different things, reader and your target audience. So how do you consider that when you write a book? It's like yours has two different – how do you consider that when you write a book? They don't necessarily have two different audiences. When I write, I say, girl, hey, girl. But I've had men clients who have literally begged me, like, here's my credit card. Coach me. Don't leave me out because what you <laughs> teach is universal. So 
I work with very few men, but my experience, I'm a professional woman. Like, I can't tell you how to be a man, but I'm an expert at being a woman. That's why when we talk about childbirth and all that, I don't know some parts of that, but I can relate to some parts of that, okay? So I say that because my experience is in being a woman in business, and I can only coach you from what I've been through. I can't coach you from any other angle. But if you hear me tell my story and talk about my book, share my story, you're going to think of someone you know. And that's what the men who have supported my book journey, they've said, I know someone who could help who this book could help. Can you sign this copy? Here's $100, give me that many. Or here's $300, give me that many uh, copies of your book. And here are the people I want you to sign them to and address them directly because I know this information can help them. So when it comes to marketing your book, let's say you wrote the book, you're done with it. When it comes to marketing, what are tidbits that people should consider when it comes to marketing your book? Well, so that's the target marketing. Like who is this targeted for? But then you have to consider just because I wrote it to women, they still have the men in their lives. They have people who they've told, I want to start a business someday. I want to become a coach someday. Even my new book, Messaging Magic, I do that conversations to clients, cash checks, and credit cards. I know. Well, every yeah. time she used to do a video, that was the first thing she I so I was like, this this is a tagline. Yes. This is a slogan. Because I was like, even I was like, I want to try to say that. Okay. It didn't go well. But I tried <laughs> to say it. It, it did not go well because I cannot say it like you. But I, I tried right. to, you know. See, I was that like, took a long time to pull from that story it's I just so told good. you. Like, every you. time you said it, I was like, <laughs> I love Thank it. Thank you. And I decided to use that formula in my last book, Mess- uh, Messaging Magic. And what I realized as I was writing to women entrepreneurs, there were also nonprofit starters who needed this to get funding and, mm-hmm. um, what do they call it, donors and members. Mm-hmm. And I actually got a call from Pennsylvania to come speak at the Atlanta Botanical Gardens this year, earlier this year, to help their crew of people who send out these newsletters to try to recruit sponsors and donors and make people leave them in their last will and testament um, Plan with, yeah. the, with the formula of telling a story. Plan giving. So that's right. And so that's two different audiences, women in business, nonprofits, and then you have now kids who can't afford to go to college on their own. I was blessed with $100,000 in scholarship. The car I drive now was my last scholarship check as a graduation gift for 2016 class of uh, 2016 Mercer University. But those are my receipts I have, and now I get to help kids tell their stories, those who can't afford to pay for college, those who want just a little bit of that $100,000. I get to use that same formula of converting conversations in that book. So that's three different audiences, one book target, um, or three different audiences that could benefit from the book, but just my target is women entrepreneurs and telling their stories. You can get a car at Mercer University? They give you cars. No, you don't get cars. You get a check for the scholarship, <laughs> and you can go buy you. Oh, I thought I that was, you said car, gift. So. I thought I thought they giving out. No, cars. that was they were giving out cars. Uh-uh. I was like, Ooh, hey, I've 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 Well, they were giving cars. I've been in 2019, and not right. what I'm driving. But I'm thankful for my little car. Amen. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I did with my last graduation check. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're down to like two minutes. Uh-huh. So final thoughts. Uh, nuggets that you want to leave for listeners who are either uh, transitioning in life who could benefit from a life coach and people who are considering writing a book because they feel like they have such a compelling story. I would say, like I mentioned earlier, find someone who's done it successfully. And I am a walking, talking success story for not only our fast coach training company, which is here in Atlanta, and how to use a book and put that story in that book. And I sell it to you in the training. So you're going to leave with my book and what I teach on how to write a book, how to be a coach, how to market, how to grow, 